Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 17th of April, 2023, the 26th of Nissan 5783, coming to you on a beautiful Monday morning from Gush Etzion, just south of Jerusalem, here in Judea. Jerusalem, of course, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Hope you're well, hope you're safe. Hope everyone who celebrated Pesach, Passover, Hope you had an amazing and enjoyable Chag. Honestly, this was one of the most difficult Chagim, uh, specifically Passover since uh, 2002. That was the year, of course, of the Park Hotel Massacre, horrible terrorist attack in Netanya, and many other murderous attacks carried out by Hamas, uh, Palestinian, uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and of course, our so-called peace partners in the PA. But again, this was a very difficult hog, of course, with the murder of Efrat residents, Lucy D, and daughters Maya and Rina. May God avenge their blood. Uh, they were gunned down by terrorists in the Jordan Valley. And it's very difficult, of course, unimaginable for the families but Passover is supposed to be joyous, and it was very hard to be joyous when a neighbor here in Gush Etzion, a family, a community, the community of Ephrat, and really all of the Gush and all of Israel, is in mourning. The two sisters were laid to rest, and just two days later, Lucy, the mother, succumbed to her wounds. So this Passover was one of funerals, very, very hard to celebrate, but Rabbi Leo D., the father of the family has shown unimaginable strength. You heard those in his eulogies and other speeches, meetings with the press. Since this terrible, murderous event, may the family know no other sorrows. And please, God, may the brave young men and women of the IDF keep Israel safe from the evil, from those jihadists who destroy lives and really entire worlds for families here in Israel. On that note, uh, JNS reported yesterday that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu paid a condolence visit yesterday, Sunday, to the D family in Efrat after the three mother and two daughters were murdered in a terror attack. The April 7th shooting took place on Route 57, Highway 57 near the Hamra Junction, that's in the Jordan Valley. Terrorists opened fire on the D's passing vehicle, causing it to crash. And then the terrorists finished the job, came back, and riddled the car with nearly two dozen bullets. The land of Israel is acquired through trials and tribulations, Netanyahu told Rabbi Leo D on Sunday adding, now your wife and daughters will live within us. Rabbi D told the premier, told Netanyahu about his family's aliyah. The family is from the UK and said that despite the tragedy, Lucy would have had no regrets about fulfilling 2,000 years of Jewish longing by immigrating to Israel. Very, very sad, very, very powerful, very, very strong words. Unimaginable strength in the face of pure evil, which the D family experienced. Oh, difficult folks. 
I cannot even express in words how hard how hard this uh, this Pesach was. But um, but the sun again is uh, the sun is shining on a beautiful day in Gush Etzion, and we will we will move forward. Uh, moving on to other news. Prime Minister also reported by JNS, Prime Minister Netanyahu and Finance Minister Bezal Smotrich on, on Saturday night responded to Moody's lowering of Israel's economic outlook from positive to stable. So there was a downgrade in Israel's economic outlook while also affirming the Jewish state's A1 rating. So we still have that A1 rating, and I'm definitely not an economics expert, but the outlook has moved from positive to stable. It's been downgraded. Israel's economy is stable and solid, and with God's help, it will remain so. Uh, read a joint statement from Netanyahu and the finance minister Smotrich. The credit ratings agency published an update on Friday, this past Friday, on Israel's credit rating, which comes amid a fierce domestic debate over the government's judicial reform initiative. Moody said that recent events around the government's plan for an overhaul of the judiciary, of the judiciary point to a, ter- a deterioration of Israel's institutional and governance strength. Agree or disagree, that is in fact what Moody's believes. While saying the ongoing, ongoing demonstrations show the strength of Israel's civil society, the report added that they also expose deep divisions that will, quote, likely keep social and political risks elevated for some time. Again, that remains to be seen. But it doesn't look good. Looking at Israel from afar is not encouraging based on the infighting. Uh, The last time that Israel had a so-called stable credit rating was at the start of the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, So let me ask you this. Now that Moody's has downgraded somewhat Israel's rating, what did the anti-judicial reform protesters accomplish? Did they strengthen the state of Israel? Did they strengthen uh, the Israeli democracy by taking to the streets? Of course, everyone has the right to protest in a democratic society, right? But what did they accomplish? By the way, the protests are still going. Even though Netanyahu, the prime minister, has frozen for now or pushed off uh, the judicial reform, this past Saturday night, there was another protest or a series of protests throughout Israel's against judicial reform under the guise, really, of judicial reform. But they didn't protest about terrorism or protest to keep Israel safe after everything we've seen over the last week or so with rockets, if you didn't hear, over Passover, rockets from Lebanon, rockets from Syria, rockets from Aza, from Gaza. That's not what they're protesting. In other words, what the BDS failed to do these people have succeeded in doing. Israelis, they have put Israel's economic standing in question on an international level. So I will say sarcastically, of course, thank you to the protesters for doing that. Thank you so much. You have caused the international community, to some degree, to have a shadow of doubt over Israel's stability They are not looking at you in the streets and saying, wow, what a democracy. People are protesting. They have the right to protest. They're saying, wow, what a division in society. That's what the world is saying. That's what this economic group Moody's is saying. So BDS didn't have to step in here. 
Israel is doing it to itself. And that is extremely, extremely disturbing, extremely sad, disheartening. And we got to get it back on the, on the same page here. We have enemies at the doorstep, not only in Judea and Samaria, of course, but also in Aza and in Lebanon and in Syria and in Iran and Iraq and in Yemen. And they are watching. They pay attention. They watch each and every day. And we have to unite and stay strong and defend this country from those who want to wipe us off the face of the earth. And the protests did not accomplish any of that. Nothing positive came out of those protests, in my opinion. And speaking of uh, the threats directed against us, JNS says that a delegation from Hamas, the terrorist group, arrived in Saudi Arabia on Sunday for a pilgrimage to Mecca. Hamas hopes the visit will serve to improve relations with the kingdom. The delegation is being led by the head of Hamas's political bureau, which is a joke because they're all terrorists, Ismail Khania accompanied by other heads of the Hamas terror organization. Hamas has tried to restore its relations with Saudi Arabia over the years. Uh, they tried in July 2015. That didn't work. And the current visit follows Saudi Arabia and Iran's announcement during talks hosted by China in March of the reestablishment of diplomatic ties. So what is this story? What is actually happening here? And it comes down to one thing. Why is this happening? It's happening because of a weak administration in Washington. Remember that coalition against Iran? Remember the Abraham Accords? Okay, that is being undone because of these countries in the Middle East, the Arab countries, the Muslim countries, Muslim nations, they don't have faith in the United States government. They don't have faith in a U.S.-led coalition against Iran. So... Saudi Arabia, they are capitulating. They are hosting Hamas. They are cozying up to Iran. It sounds a lot like weakness. And if you can't beat them, then join them. That is the philosophy. And this is because of the Biden administration fleeing from Afghanistan because of their weak policies on Iran, letting the Iranian nuclear program flourish, letting them off the hook. That is why this is happening. And this is an existential threat to the state of Israel. Saudi Arabia and Israel... We're supposed to sign some sort of peace deal. Okay, that was the rumor. They were supposed, Saudi Arabia was supposed to be added to the list of the countries joining the Abraham Accords. And how is that going to happen now when they are cozying up to Hamas and Iran? This is extremely disturbing. And you can thank President Biden and whomever it is pulling his strings for that fact. More and more, folks, it seems Israel will have to go up against Iran alone. And of course, we'll have to deal with the strengthening of Iran's tentacles of terror, including Hezbollah, Hamas, and others. And these are scary times, folks. Of course, Israel's strong, but these are scary times. Let's pray to God. Our current government here in Israel takes care of business on all fronts, especially, especially the head of the snake, Iran. That is where we stand these days. Turning to other news, the Jerusalem Post reports that a CNN journalist will apparently delete a string of offensive anti-Israel pro-terror comments on social media, according to a spokesperson from the news network responding to Honest Reporting. The Jerusalem Post has learned Honest Reporting revealed last week that a journalist wrote a slanted article headline titled Attacks in West Bank 
Tel Aviv as tensions remain high following Israeli strikes. Initially failing to note that the airstrikes were in response to acts of aggression from groups in Gaza, terrorist groups in Gaza and in Lebanon. CNN leaves out half the story. They just talk about Israel's response without mentioning why Israel is responding. The journalist in question, Tamara Kublawi, Georgetown educated, native of Lebanon, who's been working since 2015 for CNN. She is the senior digital Middle East producer at the London Bureau. That is her role. And um, Honest Reporting says that her social media history casts doubt on her commitment to CNN's editorial standards. I would go a step further. I don't even know about CNN's editorial standards. But specifically when it comes to reporting on the so-called Arab-Israeli conflict. And then she has uh, Honest Reporting lists the things that she said on social media. Talking about the Nakba denouncing the creation of uh, the state of Israel, all sorts of things she posted on social media, uh, talking about the fantasizing about the end of the Zionist state. So first of all, how did she get the job in the first place? Why didn't, and why didn't CNN fire her now? How does anyone still watch CNN or rely on CNN to be accurate or fair in their coverage of Israel? If you rely on CNN, have a look at what you are, what you're dealing with over there. Look at, listen to how they're reporting. Look at this type of reporting. Look how the only thing, by the way, the only thing she had to do was to take down the posts. That's was, that was her punishment. Take down your posts. She wasn't fired. She wasn't reprimanded. Take down your posts and you can carry on business as usual. CNN was and is a joke of a news channel. Maybe they were there first with a 24-7 uh, model. But certainly they are not a channel that can be trusted when it comes to reporting on Israel. This woman is getting a slap on the wrist. Nothing else. She just has to take down some social media posts. And she can go back to, uh, you know, calling out Israel. And maybe they'll ask her to take down her posts later on. But but who knows? It, it's just uh, it's a joke at this point. Um, and uh, for anyone out there who's relying on that channel for your information about Israel, uh, you might want to consider other sources of information moving on uh the jerusalem post reports yesterday that a bedouin mother of four from a village down south was stabbed to death on saturday night and who carried out the uh, the murder her brother he confessed to murdering her in a suspected honor killing 26 year old aza abu uh rabia was found in a vehicle with stab wounds on Saturday night. Her brother was arrested arrested after he confessed to the crime, saying that he slaughtered her because he suspected her, suspected, didn't say proven, suspected her of cheating on her husband. So this woman, this is how it's done in certain elements of that society. A woman brings shame to the family and how is it dealt with? The brother murders his sister. And my question is, where are the human rights groups on this? And this is par for the course, obviously absolutely horrible, but where are the so-called left-wing human rights groups probably too busy condemning Israel, building pergolas in Judea and Samaria, or too busy protesting this government to care about this woman slaughtered because she was suspected of cheating. And this is insane that this is acceptable in, in society, in this society or in any society, 
And it's insane that nobody says a word about this, but the focus always on condemning Israel. Maybe Israel's not treating the Bedouin nicely. You can be accused of that. Uh, even though, by the way, government after government has tried to improve the lives of the country's Bedouin building. And it's a complicated story. You should turn to Regavim for information. Building them towns and infrastructure, but other tribes not allowing their fellow Bedouin into these communities because they don't belong to the same tribe. But that's all besides the point. The point is here, the hypocrisy reeks. And that is why we need, that is why we need a national guard, okay, to create a deterrence. And people go crazy because Itamar Ben-Gvir is going to be the one. Minister Ben-Gvir is going to be in charge of this national guard. But, you know, crimes like this, especially, of course, in the Arab sector and the Bedouin sector, and other crimes, by the way, in the Jewish sector as well. We need this force to come in and crack down. And I guarantee you the Arabs will approve of the crackdown. I think I said this on my show two weeks ago before Passover. They will approve of this. It will help the quality of life for Arabs and Bedouin and other minorities here in Israel when there is a rule of law. And that is what this so-called National Guard or whatever you want to call it, that is where they're going to come into play to, to rein in these types of people in areas where the police, they police cannot be everywhere. Okay. There are national guards in countries all over the world. And maybe they have different roles and responsibilities, but in this country, we need a national guard to deal with this type of crime and in the Arab sector in particular, and it will only improve life for everybody. And by the way, on cue here, the Jewish press uh, adds the following. This is talking about this past weekend in Israel. After a weekend saturated with violence in Israeli-Arab society, at the current rate, 2023 will end with a record high bloodletting in this sector. National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gvir spoke on Sunday morning with Commissioner of the Police Shabtai, and the two men concluded the police would immediately prepare to present work plans for the war on violence in the Arab sector. That is what this is needed. They're talking about the Knesset, which must approve state budgets in which the police would get a budgetary supplement and the establishment of the National Guard would be put into action. That is what has to happen. All right. Um, Ben-Gavir said, quote, the murders in this sector are painful and require rooting out crime. And that's what exactly what needs to be done. And it will just better life for everyone. So there are people out there who hate Ben Gvir so much that because he's in charge of this, they're against this National Guard. If you're against the National Guard, okay, then you're against saving lives. You're against saving Arab lives, by the way. So don't call yourself a liberal and a humanist and everything else if you're against this National Guard. Okay, so you need to get over yourself and get over the fact that the person who's running the show of this National Guard is somebody you don't agree with politically or you don't like or you think is this and that and all these, everything under the sun, okay? But at the end of the day, if this is successful, you will eat your words because crime will be reduced, these murders will be reduced, and things will look up and up for every sector in society. Um, and that's my take on that. Moving on, Jewish Press reports that Tel Aviv residents who installed smart home systems this past Saturday night experienced disruptions of their television signal 
when their screens were taken over, this was a hacking job. Smart homes in Tel Aviv, their screens were taken over with videos showing rocket attacks, terrorism. This is, these are threats. Imagine you're watching TV in your house and all of a sudden you see Hamas and other terror organizations launching rockets, carrying out terror attacks. Um, and the video ended with a caption saying, you have no security on this land. This reported by Channel 13 News, as told by the Jewish press. Craziness, the blinds in the homes going up and down on, uh, nonstop, according to one resident. Electricity was turned on and off nonstop for an hour. Lights were blinking Blinds going up and down, scary messages on television. This, of course, coming after Iran's so-called Al-Quds Day, Jerusalem Day, uh, in which a series of Israeli websites were hacked by some anti-Israel hacker groups, most likely with ties to Iran, banks, Bank Lumi, Mizrahi, a bunch of other Mizrahi, Tefachot, other banks were hacked. According to Israel's cybersecurity service, the attacks were all in the form of denial of service, whereby the attacking computer generates millions of service demands, thus causing legitimate service to slow down and crash. Uh, this is another form of terrorism. Both the cyber attacks and the propaganda war, both of them taking over the TVs in Tel Aviv and showing the images of terrorism, rockets, more for, from some of our friends here in the Middle East. Um, I mean, it's scary that uh, it actually happens, the cyber attacks. But the, the message here, the propaganda, the anti-Israel propaganda and the scare tactics, that is their goal when they take over TVs in people's houses. And um, it's just part of just another front in the Iranian tentacle of terror, or tentacles of terror, I should say. It's just another front, and that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, some positive, some positive news reported by Israel National News. We've talked about this before. Uh, Benaya Peretz, a young teen who was seriously wounded in a terrorist attack uh, several years ago. And two, actually, it was 2001 in Samaria at the Tapur Junction. It was a drive-by shooting. Uh, his friend Yehuda Gueta was murdered, Hashem Yikom Damo. And Benaya Peretz was paralyzed. Uh, two years later, he remains wheelchair-bound as a result of a spinal cord injury. However... He was just operated on a special surgery in Thailand, and there was a fundraising, fundraising campaign, a crowdsource, rather, a crowd fundraising campaign, whatever it's called. And uh, I think I mentioned on the show encouraging people to donate. They raised the money through this crowdsourcing campaign. That's what it's called, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, crowdfunding campaign. The money was raised. The little boy was a teenager, was flown to Thailand, and according to a report by Rucheva, uh, in Benaya's legs, um, there is movement in Benaya's legs, and electrical signals are reaching the nerves in his feet. Again, I think there's a long way to go here, so let's not jump the gun. But according to his father, the operation was successful, and there is hope that Benaya uh, parrots will be able to walk again thanks to the surgery, thanks to God, thanks to all those who donated to the campaign. So please, God, he should walk. This young man should be able to walk again. It, it really will be a miracle. Please, God, let it happen. So many people have been praying, and as I mentioned, donating to the campaign for the surgery, which seems like it was successful. So please, God, let it be so. And finally, tonight, 
uh, here in Israel and for Jews around the world. We will commemorate those six million Jews murdered in the Holocaust. The official name is Holocaust Martyrs and Heroes Remembrance Day. Remembering the six million murdered and remember all of those who fought back, the heroes who gave their lives fighting back against the evil Nazi regime on all of the different fronts, fighting, ben, fighting back against those who were seeking the annihilation and destruction of the Jewish people and who failed. We paid a terrible price in the loss of six million. But they failed, folks. We are alive. We are here. We are here in Israel. We have our own army. After 2,000 years, we are here and we are here to stay. And even with all the threats facing our country today and facing the Jewish people today, whether it's Iran and whether it's threats, internal threats, disunity perhaps is even scarier than Iran. Whatever it is, we are here to stay and we will grow and we will thrive and we will flourish, especially here in the land of Israel for many, many generations to come. I truly, truly believe that and I hope you do as well. So have a meaningful Holocaust Martyrs and Heroes Remembrance Day. And of course, next week, uh, we will be getting into Yom Hazikaron Memorial Day and then Independence Day here in Israel. But between now and then, everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Want to send a shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein, for everything she does behind the scenes. Get in touch with me during the week. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. You can reach me by email, josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, your social media platform of choice. Be safe. Shalom, shalom from... Gushetzion, Israel, Judea, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel, and the Jewish people. Have a great week. Have a safe uh, week, everybody. Shalom, shalom from Israel.